Hey, this is Rich. Welcome to the Vood Church Podcast. Today we're kicking off a micro collection of talks here for it, all about building the church in the mission of Jesus. So often we're focused on there that we neglect here. Through this collection, I'm hoping you catch a vision for here. Here is where we find strength. Here is where we find purpose. Here is where we love people. Here is where we partner with the mission of Jesus. God is inviting you to be a part of his story. If this ministry has blessed you, consider giving by clicking the link in the podcast description or visiting voochurch.com slash give. I'm excited to share with you on the thought, the great co-mission. Let's lean into the message together. Today, I'm kicking off what I would call a mini collection. Everyone say mini collection. How about this? Let's call it this. Let's call it a micro collection. That sounds even more, it's a micro collection city. And uh, just two weeks, I just really have two messages on my heart uh, for the next two weeks. And it's going to lead us right into what we call Team Conference, which is a conference put on for the servant leaders of this house. And my whole life I was in church and there was always activities taking place that would be a church conference. But I always thought we should do something for those that serve, for those that, that sacrifice, for those that lean in and make this place possible. And so October 16th, it's just a Saturday. Uh, we are leaning in. It's a free conference for those that serve at VU Church. And we want you to be a part of it. It kicks off at nine in the morning. Uh, it will end with a lunch where we'll all be eating together. And if you haven't heard, Pastor Louis Giglio from Passion City Church. Come on, church, can we put our hands? That's pretty good stuff, man. He's gonna be bringing the word and I'm gonna be teaching. And the entire conference is themed around this idea of vision for here, a vision for here. And I thought leading up to a team conference, I would preach a micro collection for all of you online and for all of you in our locations today, simply titled, Here For It. Here For It. Look at your neighbor, say, neighbor, I'm here for it. Look at your other neighbor, come on, city, say, other neighbor, I'm here for it. And I want us to look at Luke chapter 19 today, which is going to be a beautiful passage of scripture. I'm going to read 10 verses, if I can, for you. And uh, these 10 verses uh, are going to be just a wonderful foundation for this week, what I want to teach you about. It's Luke chapter 19, verse 1, and it says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. Everyone say Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. And he was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. Some of y'all grew up in church and you know the song, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was. A couple spiritual people. Um, it's actually interesting in the Greek translation of this, would you believe this or not? Um, it's, it's kind of hard to tell in the Greek um, who the short man was. They don't know if it's Zacchaeus or if it's Jesus. Which somebody that kind of just messes up your vision of Jesus, right? Like, no, my Jesus is tall, dark, and handsome. I don't know what you think of Jesus. But nonetheless, we're going to lean into the fact that Zacchaeus was short. And it says that he was short and he could not see over the crowd. So he, Zacchaeus, ran and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see Jesus, since Jesus was coming that way. And when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Now all the people saw this and they began to mutter, 
We love this. We're so happy Jesus is hanging out with Zacchaeus and they celebrated that he was so kind to all. Y'all don't read the Bible. Okay, here we go. Um, all the people saw this and began to mutter, he is gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today, salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. And verse 10 is our foundational verse today, which our study is going to come out of. Jesus says in verse 10, for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. Now, what's interesting about verse 10 is uh, this is one of two times that Jesus uses the phrase, the son of man. He uses it once here in Luke chapter 19. He uses it again in Luke chapter seven. Next week, we will look at Luke chapter seven because both of these moments are Jesus's announcement in Luke's gospel that he is the Messiah, that he is God in the flesh. Son of man is a prophetic title that Jesus came and he is the Messiah. And right here in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, he says, for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. He's announcing his mission on earth. And I wanna preach for the next few moments today from this subject, the great co-mission. The great co-mission. My question is simple for the next two weeks. I'm really bringing um, a micro collection to our church. This is a collection that is, that is pointed right to the people of Vu Church. That This is for people that love the house, that are a part of the house. This is a challenge. This is a call to recruitment. This is a call to lean in and be a part of what God is doing. I love this phrase, here for it. It means that uh, I take pleasure. I, I, I participate. I'm in full support. And I'm looking for some people at this time, in this hour, in the history of Vu Church that would say, yo, I'm here for it, bro. I, I'm believing that God is on the move. I believe that God is getting ready to do something great in the city of Miami. I think God is just looking for some people that would say, I, I'm here for it. I, I'm participating. I'm in full support. What are you what are you here for? I have uh, three kids. Uh, my oldest son, his name is Wyatt. My second son, his name is Wild. And then our baby girl, my favorite child, uh, her name is Waylon Wesley. And I travel a lot. And uh, many times I'll come home and it's sort of like this new thing. It's fun being a parent and, and coming home after being on a trip for a while because now when I come home, there's like a whole army of people that are waiting to celebrate me. They, they make signs. They say, welcome home, dad. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, but the other day I, I was coming home and this has sort of happened more than once. Um, I always have my luggage in the back of the car and I'll show up and I'll be getting out of the car and out of nowhere, both of my sons will show up, three years old and the other one's about to be two years of age. And they'll say, dad, we wanna help you. And I'm like, okay. And so I, I start taking the bags out. And before you know it, they don't want me just to carry the bag in. Instead, they want to lend me their hands to helping me carry the bags in. And I don't know if you've got kids, but like, it sounds nice. But in reality, these little kids are in the way. <laughs> that which should take a short amount of time just getting my luggage back into the house because I allow them to help me, it slows the process down. My sons are like, they'll act like the bags have like, oh, dad, it's heavy. It's heavy. I'm like, no, I'm carrying all the weight, you know? 
But in their little minds, they think they are doing such a good job. You say, well, Rich, why do you let them help you bring the bags in? It would be much easier if you just did it yourself. Well, the answer is simple. It's because I love partnering with my children. And I want you to understand today that God could just save the world all by himself, but he invites his children to participate in his mission and says, I want you to be a part of my co-mission. Let's be honest. God doesn't need me. I probably messed stuff up for God. I remember when I was first time preaching overseas and I was preaching in Brazil and I had an interpreter. And I remember I was up there and I was preaching about the love of God, the grace of God. And I'd be like, God loves you. But my interpreter, I think he had another message going on. He was like, ah! And I was like, I don't know what that was, you know? And I'm like, God has a plan. I got a smile on my face. And he'd be like, ah, ah! I'm like, finally after day two, I was like, bro, are you interpreting my message? I wonder how many times God is trying to convey his love to a broken world, but because he so desperately wants to use you and I, he puts up with our weaknesses. He puts up with our deficiencies. He puts up with our idiosyncrasies. And he says, I will work through your brokenness. I will work through your weaknesses because you are my children and I want you to participate. I wonder, are you here for the mission of God? Are you on mission with Jesus? Luke chapter 19 tells the story of a guy by the name of Zacchaeus. And I just love the entire passage, just 10 little verses. But I think that the gospel is so conveyed and the heart of God is so conveyed as we look at these 10 little verses. The scripture says that Jesus is passing through Jericho. Everyone say passing through. Now he's on his way to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is where he will be betrayed and Jerusalem is where he will die on a cruel cross. You could say that Jerusalem is why he came to the earth. It was his purpose. It's where he's headed. It's what his entire life is really culminating in is his death on that cross where he will pay the ransom for all of our sins. Jericho is just a place on the way. How many of you know that we live in a day and age right now where everybody has their eyes set on getting there? We all have a there. We all have a purpose. We all have a mission. Hopefully you're in this room today. Hopefully you have a vision for your life. But many times on our way to the vision, on our way to the purpose, we discount the places along the way. There's a whole generation. Everybody wants purpose. Not very many people want process. But what we notice about Jesus is even while he is on the way there, it doesn't ever stop him from being here. Wherever he was, he was focused. He was engaged. He knew he was going to the cross to die. But even while he's passing through Jericho, he's finding purpose and meaning. He's finding ministry. He's finding moments to make a difference. I want to encourage you today. Every one of us in this place, we are all just 
passing through. We are all just going through this life. This is not your home. This place called earth. I love my life. I'm grateful for life, but I understand this is temporary. I'm living for an eternal perspective. I'm living for a place called heaven. Come on. Is there anybody out there that would get the revelation that you would say, this life is temporary. I want to live my life on mission. I'm telling you what, you can't take any of it with you. We need to be reminded that all that we are accumulating, all that we are doing, all of the titles and all of the status, man, all of that stuff will fade away. It's that which we do for God's kingdom. It's that which we pour out. It's that which we do unto him out of obedience. I've met many powerful people. I've met many influential people. But to this day, I have never, ever seen a U-Haul behind a hearse. You can't take it with you. (laughs) And understand that every one of us, just like Jesus, we are passing through. I don't know how long you're going to be a part of Voo Church, but you're here right now. I don't know how long you're going to be in the city of Miami, but you're here right now. I don't know how long God's going to be speaking to you through this online stream, but you're here right now. And far be it from any of us that if we're here right now, we ought to join with the mission of heaven and we ought to join with Jesus and recognize we can discover purpose right here, right here, right now. I am passing through, but I am not wasting time. And as Jesus is passing through Jericho, it's not his ultimate purpose. It's just a place along the way. The scripture says that there's this crowd that begins to surround Jesus. There's this crowd that's coming all around him, but there's this man by the name of Zacchaeus. And it tells us two quick things about Zacchaeus. He is a chief tax collector. It's just important that you stop when you read that because it's hard in this modern day context that we live in, in 2021, there is really no comparison. There's nothing that we can actually really translate a tax collector with. This is not somebody who works for the IRS, okay? That's not what this is, all right? Some of you are like, ah, oh, no, yeah, it's not that, okay? Um, a tax collector was somebody who was looked down upon. They were honestly like the very, very bottom of the moral ladder. They were the scum of the earth, uh, Truly, they were deplorable human beings. Everybody thought tax collectors were bad people. The reason why is you have to know the historical context that while we're reading this, this is some 2,000 years ago, the Roman Empire is a world-dominating power. And the way that they have come into their power is through brutality. You want to talk about uh, some savages? uh, Read about the Roman Empire. They would sack a city and they would turn the place upside down. They would burn it down. They would rape women. They would murder men. They would sacrifice children. There's there's historical stories about the Roman Empire, just crazy things. I mean, they used to line streets so that people would know that the Roman Empire had been there by decapitating people and putting heads on spears that would line all the way into the city just to say, hey, just if you're wondering, this is what happens if you try to disobey the Roman Empire. This is like a heavy regime. And at this time period, the Roman Empire is ruling and reigning. And Zacchaeus is a Jewish man who has chosen to go and work for the Roman Empire. So he's servicing and serving the empire that's oppressing his own people. And how is he doing it? He's going around taking attacks from his own people. But not just that, he's taking more than what is required. And he's becoming rich off of his own people. 
The scripture says he's not just a tax collector. He's the chief tax collector. He's in charge of other tax collectors. This is called organized crime, okay? (laughs) This man is the first real mafia boss, all right? And when you actually try to put yourself into that time period, before you know it, you're not just looking at a flannel graph of a guy who's little. Instead, you're seeing somebody that you have a hard time loving. And, And maybe Zacchaeus, maybe I can't convey the image right, but maybe in your heart, in your mind, we all struggle to empathize with some type of person or some person. Just for a moment, try to get that person or that, that type of person into your mind. There's, there's someone that you're having a hard time empathizing with. There's somebody that you think, man, how on earth society would be better without that type of person. That is who Zacchaeus represents in the story. He is lost. He is broken. He represents evil. He is a chief tax collector. But the scripture says that this chief tax collector wants to see who Jesus is. Can I just preach to our church for a moment? I don't care what you have done. I don't care what you have walked in here with. I don't care what somebody has told you about God. You can come in here with any type of mess. You can come in here with any type of challenge. Just because you have messed up and just because you have sinned, it doesn't stop you or prevent you from seeking out God. Nobody is discounted or disqualified from seeking out God. Here's Zacchaeus. He just wants to see who Jesus is, but the scripture says that the crowd around Jesus is too big, too large, and he can't see through them. Is this not a challenge for us as God's people? I don't need this beautiful guitar. Thank you, Zach. What is that? Oh, that's the city location. That scared me to death, honestly. (laughs) They're in my monitors. I was like, Lord, I promise you I'm trying my best right here. Wow. Few times I've been that scared in church. I didn't see anybody, I just heard voices. Silence in the name of Jesus. You look up here, I'm like fully doing a full deliverance to the speaker, you know? Full deliverance. What what I want us to see is, is that like if this doesn't speak to our church, I don't know what will. Oftentimes, there is a lost and broken world that is desperate to get a glimpse of Jesus, but you and I, we're so busy crowding him. We're so busy blocking him. You need to understand. I just, I don't know how to say this to you any better way. You might be the only Jesus anybody ever gets to see. I mean it. So it matters how we live. Because some of us say we're alive, but you live like you're dead. Some of us say we've been found, but we keep behaving like we are lost. And there is a world that you would never even, you would never believe it. 
You would never think that Zacchaeus is trying to get a glimpse of Jesus. You would never believe that this man who is deplorable, who is evil, who is immoral, has this hole in his heart going, I wonder if that's God. I'm telling you, all over the city of Miami, wherever you live, at your workplace, at your school, there are people that want to see a glimpse of Jesus. But you and I, we got to turn aside and say, even in my weakness, he shows up. Even in my brokenness, he is there. We got to show him Jesus. Well, how do I show him Jesus? Quit acting like you got all the answers. Sometimes we block him because we walk in arrogance and pride and we walk like we've got it all put together. I think the world is just looking for an honest group of people who would say, I was lost, but now I'm found. And if he did it for me, he could do it for you. Come on, somebody, give God some praise. And the scripture says that Zacchaeus, he can't see over the crowd. So guess what he does? He takes off in a full sprint. I just love the story. He is running ahead of the crowd and he gets up to a sycamore tree and climbs up it. I don't have nearly enough time to explain to you the cultural context of this moment that in that time period, men don't run, especially affluent men, they don't run. In order to run, you'd have to roll up your tunic. In order to roll up your tunic, you'd have to expose your legs. I know it doesn't seem like a big deal, but back then it was a very shameful thing that you would show your legs. And here's Zacchaeus, this mob boss, this powerful guy, and he's in a full out sprint in front of Jesus. How many know there's just some moments in life that you can't keep your cool cards? Have you ever tried to like be cool and like you caught yourself like trying to be cool and then you just, you're like, I'm not cool. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, I was speaking at this big corporate event and uh, is the secular event, which is always a fun experience, getting to come in and be a pastor and getting to give gospel truths in a, in a space that isn't per se, you know, a spiritual environment. And so I'm at this big corporate event. It's this arena full of thousands of people, predominantly like all girls was what I really sensed in the room. I was like, there's a lot of women in here, which is very intimidating. And so I'm getting ready to come up on stage, true story. And I walk out and it's like minutes before. And one of these like floor producers walks over to me and says, Pastor Rich, okay, um, you're, gonna, you're gonna come up the steps and you're gonna walk down the catwalk. I said, what? <laughs> I looked at the catwalk. The catwalk's like a 25-yard like situation. I'm like, oh my goodness. And they go, um, what do you want your walkout music to be? I'm like, I've, no one's ever asked me this. Um, and I, it's like, quickly, I'm like, oh. Uh, I was like, uh, off the grid by Kanye West. Two minutes later, the MC, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back for the second time in a row, Pastor Rich Wilkerson Jr., it's like all of a sudden, I'm off the grid, grid, grid. Your boy's walking down like. It's like, I didn't know what to do, right? Like, what do you do? Hey, God bless. You know, like, I, I, it was not cool. I looked ridiculous. Some things you just can't do it and, and be cool. Like, how I mean, you, you can't, like, you can't fall in love and be cool. Like anyone who's like actually in love, they've lost their cool cards. I know, ladies, your first date, you put it all together and you look good, you know, but you get married at some point, you don't always get to be that put together. <laughs> Fellas, we try to, what's up, girl? Like you try to spit game. You can't spit game on a Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. laying in bed. Like you just can't, you know? It, it'll rob your cool cards. You can't be a parent. 
I don't care how cool you are. I don't care how good you are. You Instagram it. No parent looks cool in an airport with all their kids. It's just, you can't do it. You can't carry a baby bag and a stroller and walk through with swag, okay? It's the results of true love that true love will humble you and true love will bring you to a place of vulnerability. And here's Zacchaeus and he's desperate. He's got everything the world would say he should have, but he's missing something. He's missing peace. He's missing purpose. He's missing satisfaction. He has this hole on the inside of him that only God can fill. And so guess what? He's thrown his cool cards behind him and now he's running and sweating and he's running up into a tree to get a glimpse of Jesus. I'm trying to preach to someone today that you can't come to Jesus with your swagged out self. You can't come to Jesus with your cool self. You come to Jesus one way that is broken. Until you break down, you will never break through. Is there anybody out there today that would say, I want to be desperate. I want to get a touch from Jesus. I'm telling you what, you got to be broken before him. You have to be broken before him. And Zacchaeus is up in this tree and he's looking down upon Jesus. And this is where I get so moved because in the hustle and in the bustle, the crowd is shouting, the crowd is blocking him. I hope we all understand there will always be a crowd that we have to push through. If you're here today and you've come and someone's invited you, there's always a crowd that you have to push through. See, Luke 19 must be read in context with Luke 18. And Luke 18 is the story of blind Bartimaeus. And how many know in the story of blind Bartimaeus, Zacchaeus, he can't see Jesus because of the crowd because he's too short. But Bartimaeus, he can't see Jesus because, well, he just can't see. And as Jesus is approaching, he hears that Jesus is coming. And so what does Bartimaeus do? He says, son of David, have mercy on me. And as he cries out in desperation, as he cries out in a moment that he looks ridiculous, as he cries out in a moment of true brokenness, what happens? The crowd tries to silence him. But I'm grateful that Bartimaeus had a deeper revelation that I cannot let the crowd dictate my pace. I cannot let the crowd define what I will do and what I won't do. And so as the crowd tried to silence him, he just lifted his voice all the more. I'm trying to tell our church day that there will always be a crowd trying to stop you, prevent you. But we need a group of people that would say, whatever it takes, I'm going to make my way to the person of Jesus. Zacchaeus is up in that tree. And as Jesus has the crowd around him, here's Jesus living on mission. He's headed there, but right now he's here. He says, I'm here for it. And he looks up into the tree and he says, Zacchaeus, you come down for I'm going to your house today. You know, what's amazing is that Zacchaeus's name by definition means the righteous one. How fascinating that his behavior is one thing, but his identity is another. And Jesus calls him out by name. He literally looks at Zacchaeus and says, the righteous one, come down. I'm going to your house today. Can we just pause for a moment and understand in the hustle and in the bustle, in the busyness of our life, in all of the things that we are getting to, that there is a God who right in the midst of the noise knows your name, but not only knows your name, he speaks identity over you. 
that you're his child. You're his kid. He knows your name. And I don't know who's watching today and I don't know what you're facing today, but I want to encourage you, regardless of what you have done, there is a God who knows your name and he calls you by name. And what does he say? He says, I'm going to your house today. You gotta love Jesus because like, this is, this is what he does. I mean, he's pretty direct. It's not like, hey, could you invite me over? This man's like, I'm coming to your house. Let's make some food. I like my steaks medium. You know, like, <laughs> he's, he's pretty direct with what he's saying. I'm coming to your house today. Listen to me. This is who our God is. He does not care about the crime. He cares about the criminal. He's not fixated on the scandal. He loves the scandalous. You need to know today that he loves you and he's for you. And in knowing our name, he knows everything about us, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And he still says, I'm going to come over to your house today. Just think about this for a moment. Jesus is like, yo, Zacchaeus, I know you're evil. I know how you made your money. I know how you bought this house. I know that you took money that you stole from my people and you bought this house, but I'm still gonna step into it. I'm still gonna give you an opportunity to have relationship. Come on, anybody thankful for the grace of God? Anybody thankful for a God who meets us with kindness? I'm coming to your house today. And if you would be honest today, you would also have to admit that you didn't find Jesus, he found you. That God was never lost. We're the ones who are lost. Makes me laugh sometimes the things that we say in church. I found him. You're giving yourself way too much credit. At most, you got curious. Zacchaeus is just curious, but out of his curiosity comes one of the greatest conversions we have ever seen. God will take the little that you will give him and he will meet you and radically transform your life. He says, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. Today, I'm coming to your house. What a beautiful concept. I'm coming to your house. We serve the God who comes to our home. We serve the God who comes to the most vulnerable, our safest places, our, our, our most protected places and says, I want to meet you there. And the scripture says that when he does this, of course, that all the people begin to mutter. I used to preach this and I always thought it was the religious people, but I've gone back and looked at it and the word is, all the people, everyone say all the people. All the people begin to mutter and say, say that he went to be a guest of a sinner. You say, why did everybody mutter? Everyone muttered because I'm telling you, Zacchaeus is a tax collector and everybody thought that was a deplorable position. But it's not just that, it's that Jesus is not just going to a tax collector's house. It's that Jesus is going to have a meal with a tax collector. And in this time period, meals were boundary markers. They weren't just about who was let in. They were more about who you were keeping out. And Jesus is saying, I'm going to your house to break bread with you. And what this does is this evokes the pride inside of all of us and say, Jesus, you cannot do that. You're not allowed to go there. As he gets to Zacchaeus' house, it's a beautiful moment because Zacchaeus, he, he stands up in front of everybody. Zacchaeus says, um, I want to pay back everyone uh, four times the amount that I stole. And I want to give away not 10% of my wealth. I'm not going to give a tithe. 
I wanna give away 50% of my wealth. Isn't that amazing that when we truly encounter grace personified, the reasonable response is that of generosity? That I just, it's not that I have to give, it's that I want to give. Jesus didn't give an outlined sermon about, let me tell you, if you give, then you'll be blessed. And if you'll be blessed, then you'll have more. He doesn't teach any of that. He just goes to the man's house, loves him for who he is. And out of that, the man's reasonable response to this scandalous radical grace is I want to give 50% of my money away. I wanna pay back four times the amount. This is not generosity. This is called absurd generosity. I long for the day that our church would be marked with absurd generosity, not because we have manipulated, not because we have coerced, not because we have taught so many keys and principles, but rather because the gospel of Jesus Christ is just that good. And when it gets out, the reasonable response is, you can have everything, God. And Zacchaeus makes this announcement that my life has been forever changed. And with it, Jesus steps up and makes his announcement. He gives his mission on the earth. Luke chapter 19, verse 10, he says, this man too is a son of Abraham, meaning he's been grafted in to the promise of Abraham. And then he says this about himself. He says, the son of man, this is an announcement that he is the Messiah, came to seek and save the lost. This is Jesus' announcement that this is my mission. This is my mission. I think we're living in a world right now where everybody's looking for a purpose and everybody's looking for a mission. Let me tell you what, if you're looking for a mission, why not just join his? I'm amazed when I meet Christians. It's like, I don't really know if I have any purpose. I don't know if you have met Jesus because there is a mission that he invites you and I to participate in. Jesus says, I came not just to save the lost, I came to seek them out. I came to find them. And I'm coming to our church today over the next two weeks and I am challenging you like never before. We are not trying to build a community here where you just come and get. We are looking for men and women that would say, I want to partner with God. I want to be a part of the co-mission and I want to lay my life down looking for the Zacchaeuses in the city of Miami. The church is the body of Christ. Jesus is the head, meaning he's directing our steps. He's telling us what to go. He gives us the vision. That's where it comes from but we become his body. We are his hands and feet. We are the vehicle to his vision. And so it's really simple. Here's my whole message. Number one, the church doesn't have a mission. The mission has a church. So if you're new to the VU community, what's the mission? What's the mission? I need to know what the mission is. It's the same mission, hopefully, that every church would have. Because the church doesn't have a mission. The mission has a church. Jesus' mission began and then the church was formed to fulfill that mission. This is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28. It is not the great suggestion. It is the great commission. Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus says, yo, 
If you don't have a mission, you aren't the church. Because I am commissioning, I am sending you out to go into the world, this world that you are passing through, this world that is but a vapor, this world that is temporary, this world that has a clock that's ticking, and hopefully you would get a revelation that he's put my feet on this earth to say, I'm here for it. I'm here for your mission, God. I'm not looking for a different mission. I have a mission. It's to seek and to save that which is lost. church doesn't have a mission. The mission has a church. Mission has a church. But number two, what I want us to see is that the church won't survive with a come and see mentality. It must be a go and tell mandate. Some of you, the reason why church is not very good to you anymore, the reason why you're not getting much out of church anymore is because you've been following Jesus doing nothing for too long. Let me tell you when church gets real fun, when you got some skin in the game, when you're actually bringing people with you to God's house. It's amazing how you can come in here for three or four years, never bring anyone. You're like, oh, what do they got today? But as soon as you bring somebody in here, you're like, oh, snap, who's preaching? This better be good. Come on, worship team. 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 You ever bring someone to church and it's, it's kind of a different Sunday, they're talking about something, you're like, it's never like this. I get up, it's like, today we're talking about demonology. You're like, whoa. I can handle that if it was just me, but I got someone here. Because we're not building an event, come and see, come and see, come and see. We are gathering to be scattered, to join the co-mission, to say, you know what? Let me tell you about what God has done in my life. Is there anybody out there that would say, I was lost, but now I'm found. I was deaf, but now I can hear. I was blind, but now I can see. Where are all the dead people at? The people that would say, I was dead, but now I've been raised to life because of Jesus. It's not a come and see mentality. It's a go and tell mandate. And next week, I'm going to talk to you about the method of Jesus, how he fulfilled his mission. I, I believe there's a method that our church can take on, and it's the same method that Jesus took on. Church, it won't survive with a come and see mentality. It must be a go and tell mandate. Some of us in the room, they're at city God is saying, I want you to join my mission. I have a co-mission, a mission that, yeah, I could just do it, but, but you're my child and I love partnering with you. So yeah, help me bring the bags in. Help me, help me get the luggage in the house. Help me go on the journey. Number three, write this down. The church can't save anyone, but it can serve everyone. This is who God has called Voo Church to be in this hour. We understand that in and of ourselves, we are weak and we are immature. I'm not wise enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not a deep enough theologian. I gave all that up a long time ago. But I do believe that we can serve everyone that comes in contact with us that we too could take on this identity that I am a servant leader. If you're too big to serve, you're too small to lead. And if you ain't helping, and if you ain't helping, you ain't helping. 
We have not built a community once again, just to come and get. We're looking for a community that would say, I want to, I want to give, I want to serve. Today's growth track, step one. And I just feel like there is a holy momentum brewing in our church. It's not fabricated. It's not conjured up. It's not manipulated. Last week, we, we, we were out of space and we're in two locations. We don't, we're, we're out of space, friends. We, we're, we're out of space. We can either see that as a problem or a good problem. I choose to say it's a good problem and it's an opportunity for men and women to rise up like never before in the city of Miami and say, you know what? I can't save anyone, but I can certainly serve everyone. And so I'm going to change who I am. I'm going to be a part of the mission of Jesus. And if you're having a hard time finding your purpose, if you're having a hard time discovering why on earth you are here, Maybe today you would join and say, you know what? Rather than go and find my purpose, I'm just going to join Jesus. I'm just going to join the purpose of Jesus. Our church can't save anyone. We don't have that power. That's Jesus's job. Jesus said, come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Didn't say, come follow me. I'll make you catchers of men. I can't catch them. That's Jesus's job. He says, Rich, go and fish. Paul said, I've become all things to all men that I might reach one. Can we build a church right here in Miami in this season and in this hour that would say, you know what? There's a whole lot of broken people. There's a whole lot of hurting people that are up in a tree today trying to get a glimpse of Jesus. But at times we, the crowd, we, the church, we're not focused on who's looking and who's searching. We're just focused on what we can get. May we change our mentality. May we change our mindset. May we remember there was a day when we were just like Zacchaeus. There was a day when we were on the outside. There was a day that we were lost, but praise God for Jesus. He came to seek me out and he came to save my soul. And now today he invites me into his mission. Come on, if you believe that today, come on, why don't you put your hands together? Come on and give him praise. Come on, stand up on your feet. There at the city, right here at South Miami Church Online. Come on, let's lift our hands. Come on, let's lift our voice. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with friends. It helps so much. For more content from VU and to connect with us, go to vuchurch.com. We love you. The best is yet to come.